What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. On the back part of my parents' property, because they have three acres here. And Mm -hmm. so part of that acreage is where we'll probably be putting down a concrete pad and everything for a house. But we're starting to clear out that area just preemptively without putting any, because we're allowed, you know, it's my dad's land. He's allowed to clear out all the brush. It keeps the snakes down and stuff. He's like, you ever used a chainsaw before? I'm like, no, I never used a chainsaw before. He's like, come on, I'll show you. And of course, I'm my father's son. So I have to realize that even though I'm a 45 year old man and an adult, I'm being spoken to like a child because he's I'm his kid. I would talk Mm -hmm. to all the same way. So he gives me a rundown of all the shit I'm not supposed to do with the chainsaw or it'll kick back and it'll cut my fucking hand or cut my face or whatever. But it's weird shit. Like, don't stand on the log here. It'll pinch. Make sure to keep your legs out of the way. Make sure not to do this and that and this. So by the time I'm finally cutting the wood, I'm in the weirdest fucking position in the world because I'm doing all the shit he's telling me all at once. And I hate it. I hate it. I have no control over the chain. It's uncomfortable. It's unwieldy. And at one point I stopped the saw and I look at him like, God, be honest, dad, I fucking hate this. I hate this. And he's like, oh, okay, well, I'll find you something else to do. And he took the chainsaw away. (laughs) I was fine just throwing wood on this brush fire because we were burning doing a wood burn. And so I guess later on, like the next day, my mom's like, so uh, your dad said uh, you tried to have you use the chainsaw and you hated it, huh? And I was like, yeah, I didn't like it. It was uncomfortable. She's all, yeah, he was real. It's real sad that you didn't like using it. Like he like, like he got fucking bummed that it was, like, I it didn't, was... the experience was so negative, I guess for me. It wasn't negative. I was just scared. I didn't, I looked at him like, man, I want to fuck these hands up. That's all I'm good at is this... using his hands, you know? Like <laughs> right. what else? If I, I lose a do? finger. Right. <laughs> um just got costco pushing carts around my stumps you know like so today we went out uh in gardner canyon which is east of the santa rita mountains which is down here south south of tucson it's i if if people from arizona they'll understand but it's really high desert it's really pretty and we're out there cutting wood and my dad's like you you want to use the chainsaw and i like had to jump into it wholeheartedly to make up for it and i cut down like i cut so much fucking wood there's chainsaw like fear be damned i just did it because i knew that I think it, in my own mind, it was like more important for him than for me. It was important for me too, though, because I was like, I, I can accomplish something, right? If I try mm-hmm. it hard enough, I can do it, you know? Sure. Like, I don't have to be afraid. I just have to push that fear aside and be, just be aware and be careful and like be really aware of what I'm doing and really cautious. Cause usually you get hurt if you're not paying attention. You already know this, like riding a bike, running, you get hit by a car. If you're not looking around, you fucking fall off the bike. If you're not, you know, you don't, mm-hmm. you're not being aware so i just thought it was funny to record it because my dad was like uh, really disappointed because i've been butching it up like a motherfucker dude that's all i'm saying i've been butchy as hell out here Masculine. so he was he was you feel like he wasn't he wasn't he was disappointed in you as 
as his son that you were like, I don't want to do this or that, or it was like, he didn't, he put you in a position that made him uncomfortable. It, it made was you the, uncomfortable. It was the second one. But in my okay. mind, because my right. brain's a little loopy, I thought it was the first one. Like, dang, I'm letting down my dad with, with this idea of like doing father son, like masculine, like manly father son work. But in all reality, he probably was like, fuck, dude, I had Jerry do something today he didn't like to do. And I feel mm -hmm. bad. But in my mind, I'm like, dang, dude, I'm not fucking manning it up out there. So today I was at the cowboy hat on and boots on like fucking rah, rah, rah. he gave me a cowboy. I have a Stetson now look at it's you my work hat it's my work it, hat. it didn't take you long did it arizona's I'm, back I'm, yeah dude stalker stalker texas ranger stalker i'm arizona calling ranger. you jarizona is what i'm gonna Jeriz if i could wear the hat right now with the headphones i would but <laughs> you just got to get some headphones that fit i mean how do they there's got to be some podcast headphones for just cowboys. like the garth brooks fucking uh like <laughs> i just do the whole podcast with the bluetooth earpiece the they had on uh -huh. every once i'll just push it up when i want to make a point <laughs> push it down when i but i i'm really comfortable in the hat even i walked up to megan and megan's like damn you look really handsome today and i'm like yeah because i'm a cow man and she's like no you're a cowboy and i'm like no nah, i'm a cow man i'm oh, man butching it up out here dude got work pants on i ordered work boots like actual real honest to god work boots to do all this stuff out here because there's a lot that needs to be done right especially with building this house we're going to be building a lot of it ourselves right um no i think that's great that you i mean a chainsaw seems to me like a pretty intimidating tool. Regardless. It is, dude. And they're little chainsaws. They're not like big Oregon fucking lumberjack. These are like, they're not big fuck off chainsaws. They're like little guys. They're little guys. It's just a cut okay. brush around the house. But still, me and power tools are hella weird. Like I've, I've never worked a power tool. So what the fuck do I know? I paint shit. I drew yeah. a tattoo machine. You know what I mean? I hung out yeah. with a bunch of overweight dudes who are mad at everything. Everything. Yeah. Um, I saw this thing on Instagram about that it's basically like home tattoo kits and shit like that they're selling. Have you seen this? No, I should have tagged you in it or you something. Should have. I would have been but like, I think, I think they were like temporary or something or some sort of henna, but basically like you just do it at home on yourself. And I'm thinking that's a terrible idea. Yeah. On that's so many levels. Idea. Well, if you're breaking the skin and tattoo yourself, that's dumb as hell, mm -hmm. but you know, whatever. I'm well, it's just because there's a certain, Obviously, it's a, it is, you know, it's a highly skilled job. Yeah. But, you know, well, at least they say it is. Yeah. They say it is. I'm not saying that there aren't people who are uh, doing less skilled work in the tattoo. No, that, it is a pretty, it, it does require some time, some, yeah, it definitely <laughs> requires skill and artistry and like an understanding of, of the machinery you're using mm -hmm. and stuff. It definitely does. Um, but I just think about it, a chainsaw, I would be nervous as, as well at first, you know, but you, yeah. like you said that there's that fear. And so well, what do you do with the fear? Well, you push it aside or you work through it or you work, work with it. it right. right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. so, so then you figure out, and now a chainsaw is no big deal. And now you can go and take care of the things like, and I think it's cool that your dad was probably like, Oh, this is not the job for Jerry. There's plenty to do around here. And I will find something that not only he will, he either enjoy or not fear, but that will be valuable and helpful. You yeah, know, absolutely. I mean? So I just gathered wood and threw it in the fire. But even then there's a system to the wood because my dad's allergic to certain types of wood, the smoke. Uh -huh. So he's like, don't okay. burn those. Really? 
Yeah, like he's allergic to the Palo Verde is this type of tree. It's a green type of mesquite. And when the smoke gets in his lungs, because he got the COVID fucked my dad's lungs up really bad. He's got like asthma from it now and he has to take Benalin every day and shit. And uh, yeah, the COVID really fucked my parents up. So yeah, but then even with the wood, he's like, don't throw the wood too hard. You don't want splashy embers to burn the house down. Don't do this. Don't do that. Listen, there's a ton of snakes in here. So be careful. We might see one today. If you see a snake, don't touch the snake. I'm like, why touch the fucking snake, man? Like, are they? Po- they're not poisonous, but they'll bite you, right? There are there. They're rattlesnakes. No, they're mad okay. poisonous snakes okay. in Arizona. Yeah, there's like three, two or three different types of rattlesnakes. We also have king coral snakes, which are some of the deadliest in North America. This whole state wants to kill you. It really does. And I came during a time of year where all the shit that wants to kill you is asleep. So mm. we're gonna kind of work our way slowly into it. Arizona yeah. is the Australia of the United States mm-hmm. as far our, as wildlife our, goes. Our state language is screaming, you know. <laughs> it's my favorite um, joke. But yeah, I think I think a good rule of thumb is regardless of size or you whatever it is, don't touch the snake. I mean, unless yes. you really you shouldn't. I've seen little ones on the trail before up here. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, sometimes they don't get off the trail. They're it's like this is my house, you know. And so, oh yeah, just just stay away from them. I, I think it just works in all aspects of life. Just don't touch the snake. Don't. You can just use it anywhere in the life. So, um, our letter today is D for don't touch the snake. Don't touch uh, that snake. <laughs> I thought. I know. Right? I'm trying to loop it into recovery <clears throat> at this point, but it is really is about. You know, man, I couldn't have done this before. I would have been winded and fucked up and pissed Every off. Every single thing that we talk about on this program is inherently about recovery and sobriety because we would not be doing the things that we're doing on a daily basis without those things. Right. Um, that's just for me to um, preface and excuse right. any rambling nonsense in the future. So here's yeah, my 10 minute fucking, <laughs> my 10 minute monologue on the Mandalorian. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you my BuzzFeed listicle about my listicle. Um, books that I've read that I wish I wouldn't have, or, you know, my, my six favorite cheesecakes. See, or, you're you know. reading books and I'm like, yeah, I've been fucking with that Mandalorian like crazy, dude. Have you really though? Do you, are yeah, you- I like it. Okay. I do. It killed me. It's killing me. Cause I don't like Star <clears throat> Wars anymore. And then we watched it and I was like, wow, this is actually really fucking good. So the dude, who, the dude who made swingers came out swinging, huh? Came out but swinging, the, dude. Wrong, wrong kind I mean, of swingers, John Favreau. Wrong kind of swingers. <laughs> he he turned around the Marvel universe. He turned around Star Wars. I mean, because J.J. Abrams, I mean, he took it, and I I mean, I went and saw the Force Awakens, and it was everything about it was good, but I wasn't like thrilled. You know, it was all really well done and well right. put together. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's a really nice building, but I wasn't awestruck by it and it didn't make right. me feel anything i know exactly what you mean yeah none of the star wars movies made me feel anything but the mandalorian mandalorian's good it's different it's a different animal but mm-hmm. yeah it's it, but the new star wars movies were pretty and they had mm-hmm. pretty parts in them but honestly the old star wars movies weren't good either none of them were good i don't think i've ever seen a star wars movie where i'm like that should change my life when i was 10 i was like this is my fucking jam let's go have a sword fight in the roof but as a grown man i'm like this doesn't really this is like pop art and that's but i don't know it's just, there's nothing really compelling about it it's just very pretty which is cool right. man that's yeah. hey i remember re-watching um 
the Empire Strikes Back in like 2014 because I mm-hmm. had it in my mind that it was really cool and right. you know Han Solo and Chewbacca and Lando Calrissian and all that stuff and like that was the best one right that's the Empire Strikes Back is supposed to be the best one and I remember watching it and I'm like this is fucking corny kid shit and we're probably going to lose some listeners and people are unsubscribing right now as we talk trash on Star right Wars, we're but... sitting here we'll fucking talk about Antifa <clears throat> and the fucking right wing and left <laughs> But that's not what gets them. It's the Star Wars. It's the Star and, Wars. And what, we're like 11 minutes in and they're like, make with the alcoholism. <laughs> so make with the alcoholism. Make um, make with the fucking addiction, guys. So I was I I, I was at a meeting this morning on Zoom. Mm-hmm. And um, so, well, let's just say that I, we do have a D. We have a letter and I want to talk about, but something else came up. So um, this is sort of like a little... It'll, it'll all tie in, right? It's all about alcoholism. Right. So this guy was talking about something and it's funny because I go to these Zoom meetings and I really want to like listen and be super present about what the person's saying. But there's also this other part of my brain that's like, are there some good topics in here I can use for the podcast? And so I'm sitting there with like <laughs> my notes app open. I know, yeah, I, know so I know. But uh, it, if anything, it's just to kind of share it with people. But he talked about... Um, so D, this one is like drifting into loneliness and despair. And he was talking mm-hmm. about catching himself getting there. And especially with COVID and all of the isolation and the way that, you know, we're just not even, even in the best of scenarios, whether you like you are living with your family, you know, and you're happy to be there and it's, you know, you're working on something and you're you're ultimately building a new life for yourself there on that piece of property or someone like me who is relatively living alone and I see some people here and there but we're all being affected by this in in one way or yeah, another absolutely <clears throat> so he was talking about the tools he was talking about the tools of the program but finding yourself when you go oh when i catch myself drifting into loneliness and despair it doesn't mean that i have to like get there all the way because i felt that where it'll be three days in and i'm like god i feel really shitty and i haven't done this and i haven't done that and all the things and i'm all i want to do is kind of take another nap and (laughs) you know what i mean and i just feel kind of sad and and i'm not sure why and um but i just really it resonated with me especially because i know a lot of other people are dealing with excuse me loneliness and despair Mm-hmm. And wondering um, if this ever great nation of ours is crumbling around us, and we were promised, you know, the promises of of capitalism and free enterprise are not working for people the way that they were promised. And you know, we've got this COVID response, and it's been failed in so many ways. And regardless of how you feel about it, like you know, like. It's it's frustrating for everybody. Like yeah, I don't absolutely. I wear a mask when I go to the grocery store. Can mm-hmm. I tell you, Jerry? I don't want to fucking wear a mask. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's either, no but there's no yeah. part of me that wants to. Yeah. But I do. Um, or whatever. You don't want that beard you have right now. So I got. The, I've been thinking about this too. I started. You don't want I was, that beard. COVID made you have that beard, <laughs> right? Yeah. I could see. I saw the reflection. <laughs> Every of podcaster my beard. now is just me fucking with you about that beard, which I, is none of my I mean, business. You, if you like that beard, you should own it because it works for you. 
I don't know how it works with a mask. (laughs) I saw the silhouette of my beard while I was running Mm. in the sun on the pavement. Fucked you up. Geico caveman. (laughs) Look like a fucking Geico caveman. So anyway, let's get back on top. We're talking about despair. Drifting drifting. into loneliness and despair. Talking about sad shit. Yeah. And what I thought was, oh, okay. So the part of one of the tools is I can catch myself. I'm much more self-aware and I'm much more in tune with my feelings about, about my, I'm much more in tune with my sadness. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought that was a really cool thought that like, okay, I don't need to wallow in it for too long. Now we've all wallowed we've all enjoyed it. And, you know, I've always said yeah. like, feels good. Like give, right. Exactly. Give yourself some time to walk. <laughs> right. I mean, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Do you ever absolutely. feel like I just want to be fucking left alone and be miserable for a little yeah. while? Oh yeah. It feels great for a little while. For a little while. Right. But then even, you know, at this stage in the game, you're like, Man, this has probably been enough. This is probably too much. Mm. You know, I've, absolutely, I've been, dude. And I don't know. You know, we all cope with it differently. And and you know, I think um, it was just it was a good reminder to me that when I see myself going there, I can then you know check the list of tools. Mm-hmm. I can reach out to somebody. I can make a call. I can um, I can go to a Zoom meeting. I can whatever the thing is, I uh, usually go outside. I know it's fucking cold for a lot of people right now and it's not really an outside activities are not, you know, advisable in no, New York or really. Yeah. Anywhere <laughs> like anywhere. East of the Mississippi. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, but it was just, it was just kind of a cool thing that it not, not the despair part, but you know, that I was like, Oh, okay. I, I can, I'm much more aware of that. Yeah. Before it would just, my whole life was felt like loneliness and despair. Right. Yeah. Constantly trying to avoid it and cover it up and drink it away. So during this person's share, did they come to that same conclusion as well? Or were they just like, yo, I'm just sad. No, that was, that was kind of their, their, that they were really grateful that the, the meeting that I went to and had like 60 some people in it and there was people God from damn. Atlanta mm-hmm. and there's some dude from England and, you know, so. Um, always a wild British dude, isn't there? <laughs> there is actually just like not wild. Like I'm crazy. Just wild. Like off in mm. the upper left-hand corner. <laughs> just mm-hmm. it's like night. And it, <laughs> it's daytime for everybody. It's like else. your 8am meeting, but him it's pitch black. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's great. I think it's really yeah. awesome. I mean, I think that there's definitely not only does it, um, does it promote, you know, the inclusivity that I really appreciate about AA, but also the diversity and you're like oh there mm-hmm. are people from all over yeah um, we're all struggling with this like we're all in a, we're all in a bunch of different boats in the same ocean mm-hmm. yeah don't that's how that. i that's how i've described um more of the quarantine than the alcoholism but it makes sense too though you know it mm-hmm. seems like alcoholism's the ocean and we all know where we're at you know mm-hmm. we're just all on our own separate little thing right now same yeah. with quarantine. We're all in the same, we're all in the same ocean and different lifeboats, you know, cause we're not all in the same boat. Other people no. have a different, like I'm in a house of nine people. I don't, I don't, I rarely feel alone right now. Do you know what I'm nine? saying? Well, with me included, there's nine of us. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause my parents, those right. two, and then three kids, that's five. And then Megan and I, and then my brother-in-law, and my sister, that's okay. nine and four dogs. So <laughs> Yeah, I don't fucking feel alone. Did you post a story of that one dog that fucking looks like a gremlin? That little... Yeah, that's little one. She's wild, dude. She's a good girl. I like a little one. She said Sholo Swintley. 
Some oh, Mexican God. hairless, their teeth yes. all fall out. Her tongue's real rough because her teeth fall out, and it's a desert, so the tongue's dry as shit. So every <laughs> once in a while, you got to dip it in a cup of water or something. That's poor dog. Yeah, she's that... a real sweet dog, though, man. She's great mm. demeanor, real friendly. Yeah, she's my mom's like, at like she's my mom's like familiar. Like follows her around. She like follows Leanne around. This whole environment of I me mean, is so different than like even the beginning of this podcast. Not even beginning, like from the end of the last podcast where I was in an empty office because I was looking at some of them last night and I was like watching the office I was in just get emptier and emptier and emptier. And I just looked more and more fucking tired. Like every podcast was just like, okay, John, let's just fucking do this already. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, man, I don't know. I was talking today about you, you know, because my dad's in recovery and we were all talking about it. And I was talking about my brother-in-law and he's saying the first time he met my sister. He met you as well. Oh God. And it was for yeah. my birthday party. Yeah. And he was like, I didn't like John. I, rem- I know. Like, I, I didn't think- like John at all. He's like, I, I just kept hearing how cool naked John was. And then when I met him, I just felt like he was just putting on a, put on a play for everybody. It's like, I, I didn't was. feel like he was being sincere to himself. He was just putting on a play. He started taking his clothes off. So I left. Cause I was like, Oh, I guess John's just going to do the thing that everybody says he does. He's like, and then, I met John up in Seattle again. And that's when I really liked him better. Cause he seemed to be putting the play on a lot less, mm. you know, and then you hung out, shot the shit with him more and you were more on a one-on-one and less like mm-hmm. performative and more just, cause I really felt like in Seattle, even though you were drinking, you really found your own, at yeah. least you, you were starting to find your own, at least build your own mythology as to who you were instead of taking cues from us, telling you what your mythology is as a person. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because the first time I went and visited you in Seattle, I was like, wow, John seems a lot more confident in who he is and like less like he's playing a, playing a role and more like he's being himself, which, you know, it goes to show that even that, you know, between us both, both the roles we were playing weren't very sincere. You know, we were always mm-hmm. putting the fronts because of our drinking and the way sure. we dealt with Insecurities the world. But, and, yeah. but it was interesting that he used <clears throat> that, that terminology to describe you. Like he's like, when I first met him, it just seemed like he was playing a role. And then I said, that's really interesting because John now seems so much more grounded, you know, like he's so much more in tune to who he is as a person, you know, like he's not putting on a role. He's just John. He just loves to do the things he loves to do. And he kind of fucked his body up. So it's hard for him to do those things sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's funny because I have that feeling about your brother-in-law too. And I do remember, I don't remember the instance of meeting him at first, but I remember the reaction I got from him was that he did not like me. Right. It's just so, really weird too, because you guys have shared friends. Well, and that's Vegas. like, that was like, that was like, 15, and he's really close with some of your shared years friends ago. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, that was so long ago. And obviously, I mean, that, that feeling is still just kind of in my head. And I mean, we have, right. I, he has a different opinion now, but yeah. Sure. But, sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. <clears throat> so to get to the meat of today's episode, D um, is for a D, D. I wanted to talk about drugs. Jerry. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about it when you texted me. I'm like, this is going to be kind of a short podcast because I was really not a big, really not into drugs, but we could still talk about them. I mean, it's all drugs, right? Alcohol or fucking Coke. It's all drugs. Um, But I, I, and it, it, it occurred to me this morning in bed when I woke up and I don't know why I was, I don't know what the, the impetus was, but um, I had this sort of flashing memory of me um, because it was like 1996 or seven, maybe 97 and living in the um, Flint Ridge apartments, maybe yeah. 1997. And, and I remember getting some methamphetamines from somebody and 
Nobody wanted to do methamphetamines with me. They were like dirty. Yeah, yeah it was oh, dirty. It was gross. But it, we always called it, and it was it was speed. And I think we always used to call it like white dope, so that whatever it was, it could be speed, it could be coke, it could be anything. Right. But I just had this memory of like being in my apartment. I don't know why my roommate wasn't there. I don't know why Danny wasn't there. But I was there for like two or three days, and I was just snorting mm-hmm. lines. And I remember like I had a couple of my favorite porno tapes. Right. Like back when that was a thing when. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And so even if I wasn't actively engaging in, um, you know, self-gratification, it was like have and I couldn't because I was so fucking high. Right. There's just sex all- still happening sex. on TV. I was Jesus trying to Christ. channel some sort of gritty, dirty, gross. And I, I succeeded. And there are some um, there. And There's I like writing. nobody watching. Oh, you're writing. Oh, you're setting the mood. Okay. <laughs> Let me set the mood here. Fucking snort. And then, you know, butthole bungalow going. Uh-huh. Up and I'd have I'd put background. music on or something like that. And so like, it was this whole thing where, and I look back on some of the journaling, the notebooks, and it's a lot of it is unintelligible. Absolutely. And even if you could make something out of it, there would be nothing there. I mean, other than just somebody who was insane out of their head and, you know, mm. trying to, trying to recreate some sort of pseudo wannabe intellectual Kerouac, Bukowski, whatever. Gritty, right? gr- yeah, gritty underbelly of the world. And there, as I am just some kid in an apartment in Eugene, Oregon, thinking- Snorting the- meth and watching Seymour Butts videos, yeah. <laughs> Basically. And, um, but, but also, I wonder why I didn't get further and deeper into that kind of stuff, because I could have- other than mm-hmm. maybe it just wasn't around. Maybe I just didn't have access to it. And alcohol was always available. Yeah. Um, but also alcohol was always more fun because I did like to be social. I did like to be outgoing. Yeah. I did. Um, I, I'm obviously, I'm far more introverted these days, but not, you know, COVID aside. Right. But I was very much like, I want to be the life of the party. I think we all did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um and I think we've said this before that the drugs were always just an impetus to drink more, you know? And I don't think absolutely you, like, I don't think you were you ever somebody who like sought out like cocaine No, or it was always but if just it were there. I would do yeah. it if it were around <laughs> and mostly I do it just to feel like I was part of the group. And then uh-huh. I realized the side effect of feeling like part of the group is that I could drink more. Like uh-huh. all of a sudden clarity was there. And I was like, wow, I can drink like eight or nine more whiskeys. I could drink the rest of this fifth you know or whatever Mm. it was but it was more like you guys would do it or my friends you know down here in arizona when i was living here would do it and i wanted to be part of the group because i would never do a lot like you like you guys would fucking cut these big old rails and i'd be like just a little key bump but then i would do like eight key bumps in a row so you're like why don't you just cut a rail i'm like i'm not that's a little i'm good just you know i'm just gonna rub a shitload of it i'm like i'm good you know on my gums or whatever right Oh, man, that was too much to make. That just was a hangover enhancer. That was like the MSG of hangover enhancers, right? dude. You know what I mean? Like it just uh-huh. brought the hangover way to the forefront where I felt like not only is my serotonin all gone, but my entire life was just this hangover, you know? For um, like a day. I well, was a little bit of crystal meth in Tucson, like down here when I was writing graffiti as a teenager, but that just made me feel like I drank a bunch of rock stars. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. also I wasn't doing very much, but right i was never like drugs and the reason why was because drugs required a lot more effort they did right like i could go buy a fifth of whiskey and i was not going to go to jail for buying a fifth of whiskey like i could Mm -hmm. go to the store buy the fifth 
And as long as I didn't get in trouble between the store and my house, I was good. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But yeah. Hi, mom. <laughs> my mom is in the podcast now. He's all, who's he talking to about drugs in there? Myself. <laughs> yeah, just in here. <laughs> just in here. T- but yeah, dude, like, if you go and buy fucking dope, like, you'll get busted just for buying it. Yeah. You know yeah, what I true. mean? Like, make a good point. You're I just, just like, go to Circle K and buy fucking ten tall boys and be set. You know, and then I don't want to go to would, jail. I want something. That's if I were going to go to jail from alcohol, it's because I drank the alcohol, not because I procured the alcohol. So there's right. a lot of work, and also nobody was going to rob me. Right. I was going to go buy a fifth, and someone's going to run up and punch me and take my money in the fifth. You know, like mm-hmm. it was just so much low stakes. Low stakes for a good right. buzz. Yeah. Yeah, that makes that mm-hmm. makes a lot more sense too. Is that it's just. It was always this sort of level of fear that I didn't want to, I didn't want to get myself in too much trouble. I was, I was always, I was definitely scared of jail or getting hit in the face or getting mm-hmm. robbed or having somebody pull a gun on me and all these kinds of things. And so you're right. It was much more low stakes and easy to get. And mm-hmm. therefore we'll just go get drunk, you know? But I think that's also like the fucking, the, um, deviousness of alcohol is that it is so low stakes to get and it's just mm-hmm. as dangerous as any of that other shit yeah you know i mean what's the difference between being on a coke bender and being on a five-day fucking whiskey bender do you know what i mean other than you're hallucinating in one and the other one you're just actively a tornado you know like so yeah. you know not that i think alcohol should be illegal i just think you know we need programs in place to deal with people who have this mental illness that causes mm-hmm. them to be more susceptible towards addictive behavior you know but what I guess what I'm saying is like, I don't know, man, the drugs involved a lot of work and they were way dirtier than I wanted to deal with too. Like you had to meet way shadier fucking people and then go to yes. somebody's house and their kids like got a shitty diaper on and they're just, everything is fucking gross. And there's two pit bulls in there and yeah. oh, dude, and they're making yeah. they're fucking listening to juggalo shit. And it's just yeah. fuck all that, dude. I'll yeah. just go, I'll go to downtown liquor by a fifth of fucking Evan Williams and I'm set. I'm set for at least a day. Yeah. I remember one night too, like just you and me and somebody else and doing lines and then standing in the back of uh, Max's tavern, just, you know, and in my mind, I was like, this is great, man, but what are we going to do? And we're just standing there drinking our beers. Yeah. Cause I don't even think they had liquor at that time. No, like that's looking for it. anything to, to do or to mm-hmm. talk to. I don't even know. It never seemed to me like there was, we're going to go look for girls. It was just like anything that was going on. Right. Right. And, um, and just so I just felt, I just remember feeling so fucking like high and excited, but also very confused and lost in a Mm -hmm. way. Um, but it always was, yeah, the hangover enhancer for sure. Um, and then I got into psychedelics for a little while there. You did way more than I ever did. Yeah when we lived in that house and um, but I never like, do you think that there's some value to psychedelics in sobriety? I know some people, yeah. Mishka's talked about taking Mm -hmm. mushrooms twice a year or whatever. And he's been, you know, open about that or um, Bill W supposedly did some LSD. I, you Um, know what? I think it depends Mm-hmm. on your situation right if if psychedelics are going to be a gateway to you for you to start doing your drinking again or whatever your drug if psychedelics are your drug of choice and you're trying not to do psychedelics and don't do psychedelics but if right. you're like a fucking drunk or a cokehead or a meth head 
and you know, you're pretty, I don't know, you feel confident enough that you're like, Hey, if I micro dose some mushrooms or even take mushrooms enough to hallucinate, Mm-hmm. You no, know I mean, you should be aware of what your limitations are, right? Or yeah. who you are. Well, maybe you're not because you're a fucking addict, but I'm not against it. Dude, mm-hmm. This is my biggest beef with psychedelics is that psychedelics, I feel like people, some people who do psychedelics feel like it's a shortcut to enlightenment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of bullshit. Like I knew a guy who would meditate all the time, meditate, meditate, and then he would do DMT and he would, of course, see like the fucking crystal elves or whatever the fuck you see on DMT and then get all high and mighty and superior that I wasn't doing DMT. Oh, you should do DMT so you can figure it out. You can unlock a lot of shit about yourself. And I get so frustrated because I'd be like, dude, there are monks out there who can achieve the same effect you're achieving through discipline and meditation. Mm-hmm. But you're an American, so you're trying to fast track it by using another culture's drug. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that smoking DMT is cultural cultural appropriation but i'm like you're basically taking ayahuasca to get the desired effect of what you need quickly you're doing the microwave of enlightenment and i just don't fuck with that like that bothers me because the high and mighty shit off of it the superiority of like i have done psychedelics and i've been to the other side of the mountain you know that to me anybody being superior about anything bugs me Mm -hmm. but I don't know if Mishka, you know, Mishka does it and it makes it helps him with his depression or whatever he's got going on More mm-hmm. power to him. If anybody out there does it and it helps them with what they need to be helped with, because I know it can be beneficial mm-hmm. More power to him. Am I going to do it? I doubt it. I doubt it. And I know I won't be doing MDMA because I fucking love MDMA. And I always fucking drank and did MDMA. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be like, let's take some ecstasy and figure out your depression. No, because I will be fucking dancing with no pants on rubbing my dick and balls and crying probably mm-hmm. you know Drunk. and as yeah. far as like yeah mushrooms and lsd like lsd always made me feel really gross yeah and mushrooms always made me feel very anxious and they were like well you need to freak out so you can confront your demons and i'm like i fucking do that every morning dude like what the mm-hmm. fuck are you talking about i don't need to have an emotional breakdown to know that i have problems yeah you know? yeah i like look yeah. in the mirror and like hey you're a fucking fuck up you know i do that i used to do that shit all the time I'm good yeah, we were just talking about it the other day. I was talking about it with somebody and mm-hmm. about mushrooms in particular and about it being sort of this medicinal and healing thing and like uh, under very specific going out into nature and, and mm-hmm. having it and not just eating because I would just eat an entire eighth and then right. a house party. I very, once again, is the question within recovery, when does it become not recovery? What if you're not taking it? What if you're taking it recreationally and not for medicinal purposes but you're not abusing it in the sense that yeah do you know what i mean so where are the lines drawn i guess it's all personal preference it's just like people who hit me up and tell me that they're sober adjacent you know Mm -hmm. they're like hey i listen to your podcast you guys are really helpful and i'm like cool congratulations how long you've been sober for and they're like oh no no i'm still drinking you know and i'm like and i have no judgment on that i'm like well cool good for you you know if you're if you're able to drink in moderation and then listen to us and be like, oh, okay, well, these guys have some good ideas. I really gel with it. Well, that's fucking rad. You know what I mean? Or if you're thinking about not drinking anymore and you're listening to us, you know, you'll figure it out in due time. I don't know what my, I guess my point was within your recovery, it depends on what your own personal definition of it is, right? Yeah. And I just, I think those memories I have of doing mushrooms and LSD and like trying coming down off of an LSD high at like eight o'clock in the morning, drinking Budweiser to try to calm down so I could go to my job at the coffee corner. 
<laughs> you know, like there was never a, there was never a feeling of trying to find some remotely higher level of consciousness. It was no, you just wanted to see up. weird shit. Yeah, yes, you just yes. wanted to do Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, but do yes. Fear and Loathing in my apartment in Eugene. <laughs> yes, basically. Yeah, Fear and Loathing on Charlton Street. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Fear and Loathing while living with six <laughs> other guys who can't make rent for some reason. <laughs> and we were only paying 180 bucks each. Yeah, was... for Christ's sakes. You were spending all that money on LSD. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so I know that for me, that's... I can't imagine a scenario today where it would feel good or right to me to say, I'm going to go on a trip because, because well, one, because I know that the, um, that, that it's um, instability is the wrong word. Uh, the uncertainty of yeah. psychedelics, mm -hmm. um, which I know is part of their appeal for me would just it's too much. It would, it wouldn't be worth going like, I feel great. Let's go get a drink. I think I figured right. it out, you right. know, because I feel like I, I would open my mind up and my alcoholism would be in there going, Oh, this is the perfect way to get my foot in the door. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but also to each his own, I had somebody else text me and say, and they have um, gone on and off the wagon and, and said, so I'm trying to get back. I'm on the wagon two weeks. Um, I'm, I'm doing okay with it. You know, they had a, a pretty big family tragedy over the last year. And that was something that was really rough. And, and obviously, you know, you deal with it the way that you deal with it. Yeah. And, and so, but they were saying, I smoke a little weed at night to go to bed because I can't sleep. And I really want to like get back into sleeping well and being able to wake up early and get back to my peak performance and so on and so forth. And I said, whatever, if your goal is to quit drinking, and smoking weed gets you to sleep and you're mm -hmm. able to achieve that goal of not drinking, then I think if that's how you define the sobriety, then good for you. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, I just don't, I don't, I don't want to be accused of, and nor would I ever think of it as some sort of purity test. Like you're not sober enough or you're not. Yeah. Well, why would it ever? Yeah. If anybody is doing that shit to you, it's bullshit. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. That's not if sober. you're trying your best, mm -hmm. but then again, like I'm not the gatekeeper of sober. My sobriety means something different to me than it does to you. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like but, when I first got sober, I had to smoke weed to go to sleep. Right. You did but the same then thing. The marijuana. And I didn't quit marijuana because I felt like I was becoming dependent on it. I quit using marijuana because there was always this fine edge of anxiety. Like every time I smoked it, I would get really tired, really fucking anxious and really tired. Right. And so mm -hmm. I was like, great. Now I'm super anxious and tired at the same time. So it's, it's just like the always sunny Philadelphia where they sniff the glue and eat the cat food. And he's like, you're going to feel really, 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 really sick to your stomach and a little bit tired. And then you'll be able to go to sleep. And she's like, yeah, but don't you think all these cats meowing is because you're eating all the cat food? You know, it's like that same problem you're just making. Yeah. And that's what a marijuana was to me. It wasn't that I was like, man, if I could be high forever, I would. No, it was like, I feel like I'm going to freak the fuck out every time I mm. use this. And it, it went on for a few months, but I just couldn't physically was like, I was weird, man. Like, but it helped you sleep, sleep or it didn't? It didn't, did it. Right. Okay. Like my first, like two weeks sober, I would pass out at five o'clock in the evening. My body yeah. would just go to sleep. And then I'd wake up at three in the morning and stay awake from three till like seven, wow. you know, until I would. So my sleep cycle got all fucked up from the alcohol. And then, after that, I just was having a hard time. Like I was still having night sweats and some mild um, withdrawal. 
and that's what the marijuana was helping with the withdrawal and the night sweats and like not sleeping it's alcohol fucked my whole sleep cycle up even to this day i still realize that alcohol has fucked my sleep cycle up which is weird because you should it, do you know what i mean like I, it's hard to explain but the way i used to sleep i would just and you know it we would pass out you don't go to sleep when you're an alcoholic you just fucking pass you're out. just unconscious you mm -hmm. just go unconscious and then you come to you mm -hmm. know yes so even now like in the in the depths de i know that exactly that that tongue and uh, uh yeah yeah who barfed oh i barfed cool in my sleep oh wow who but even now dude yes. oh Sorry, that was so me even now no but even now like in the depths of my real bad insomnia when i get it for like four or five days in a row like there my brain does go to a place where i'm like go get a fucking pint of whiskey and drink that shit so you can go to sleep you know mm -hmm. well it gets very it gets very desperate very mm -hmm. quick when you can't when you cannot sleep that's for damn sure so i mean i i don't i don't i don't uh i wouldn't blame anyone who was trying to get sleep and um there was some funny tweet and somebody said, name something you, something you want to try in the bedroom. I saw that you said that. And the guy's like, I want to get eight hours of good sleep. And I'm like, yes. Um, but I, I, and I, I just try to think about too, the way that we look at drugs now versus when you and I were in our twenties and drinking like marijuana was fucking devil back in the 90s well remember how it was so fucking uh rebellious to smoke weed i mean there yeah. was a whole band based on weed called cypress hill yes the whole gimmick was they smoked weed they were mm -hmm. mexican-american and they smoked weed it's and nowadays bad. everybody's gimmick is like yo i steal fucking tranquilizers from my mom you know it all just gets cyclical but yeah it was the devil and now people take it for everything they're like yeah mm -hmm. cancer rubs some marijuana on that shit it'll go away yeah um and you speak of um stealing what did you say xanax xanax whatever, but little xan dude all the rappers nowadays are on some type of antidepressant or anti-anxiety because life is weird dude mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i used to pop some pills occasionally again i think that it was more difficult to get than alcohol and i was usually hung over or just wanted to be drunk and um or both so it would come occasionally when there would be an injury or something like that, or somebody yeah. would have some pain pills. And, you know, I was like, oh, this is like fucking magic. It's like floating on a cloud. And I just have some memories of like laying on the floor in my apartment, listening to Tom Waits, feeling mm -hmm. like I was on in fucking heaven. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the, I don't remember which one that was Percocet or Vicodin or both, <laughs> but Hi, Percocet. Well, and I, I mean, I can't begin to, it's just the opioid crisis from anything that I've read about it is fucking devastating. And it's yeah. like, gets people hooked right away. Cause it's, oh yeah, it just like links in there and you're like, I have to have this all the time and it doesn't yeah. work. And it's, it's like super fucking alcohol. You know what I mean? The way that it just yeah. shoots into your brain. Um, but, and again, I've had serious pains where I've contemplated the little bottle of pain pills that I have in my bathroom. I yeah. So have I, yeah. And I keep them and I always wonder, like, should I just throw them out? They're probably expired. And I go, well, you never know when you might be in a situation where like that is going to be the thing you need. And maybe I maybe I don't and maybe I don't need to. And I don't have that many conversations with myself about the bottle of pills, except you yeah. know, when we talk. But um, I haven't thrown them out. And um, 
Keep them always, because when society collapses, you may be able to barter them for something. Right. <laughs> get, yeah. get a get a bag of flour. Yeah, a bag of flour for these like 10 fucking Vicodins. Mm-hmm. So I think um and I think about stuff like small injuries and you know ailments that I have, and like I don't really know anything about CBD oil because CBD is the stuff that doesn't get you high, right? But like you could like rub it on your joints. I don't know. And maybe I also feel a little bit nervous with stuff like that only because I don't want it to slip into a situation where I am now dependent on something else. That's a great point. And I've thought about CBD for certain aches and pains I've had. I've used CBD to sleep, Mm -hmm. which I guess you don't really use it to sleep. I think it was more the marijuana that was helping me sleep last time I had insomnia because I was buying CBD like atomizer cartridges for a vape. Did they work at, for, for sleep? Yeah, I'd, fall, I'd get very relaxed and fall asleep. But um, mm-hmm. I would take, do you see my dog? In the fucking, yes, I do. It's so funny. Like, he, <laughs> he's like, he, he's like basically like taking confession. He's like, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Coco! I ate out there of he's the like, litter box. Me, Father, yeah. for I have sinned. Yeah. Uh-oh. There he is. Now he's oh, in here no. just making shit wild. He's like, nobody's in here but him. Anyway, so yeah, I was doing the CBD and it had a tiny bit of THC in it. And it would help me sleep, but I think I was just getting more high than anything. Right. Topical CBD makes me nervous because I'm always afraid I'm going to get high. I don't want to get high. Like, I just don't. My mom gave me a, a half a muscle relaxer because I fucked my neck up really bad right. here. And so I had to go see the chiropractor and I went to her twice and like, she fixed my neck, right? I feel great. But I took that muscle, that half a muscle relaxer and I protested. I was like, I don't want to take this. I don't know. And my mom's like, you're fine. I'm in recovery, Jerry. I take them. Um, they don't get you high. You won't feel anything. You'll just be able to sleep. So I took it and immediately was like, I feel fucking high off this muscle relaxer. You know, I took half of it. She'll me take a whole one. And she's like, uh-huh. these are for, they give to children, Jerry. She's like, these are like two milligram children muscle relaxers. I gave the big ones to Danny. And so I snapped it in half and took it and got fucking hot. Like got, I could feel it. I could feel it in my body and fell asleep. I hated it. I hated it. Man. Yeah. I really yeah. fucking hated that feeling. I don't like being intoxicated, dude, unless it's caffeine. How about that? So that, that was going to be my other, my other thing was, um, you know, I say, oh, I don't want to be addicted or beholden to something, but I have nicotine and caffeine though, dude. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I wonder And the more, and here, you know, again, I think it's a lot of it starts for me with education. And so when I think about what caffeine does, so there's receptors in your brain and I I wish I could speak a lot smarter on this, but basically what caffeine does is it, there are receptors in your brain that tell you you're tired Mm -hmm. and all it does is block those. So it's not actually waking you up. There's no, there's no energy being given by the cup of coffee that I'm having. It's literally just blocking the sensors that are telling me what I naturally need. It's making There's, you ignore the fact you're tired. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, but you ever get why I get wired off a of coffee though? Like my heart rate yeah. goes up. I feel a little anxiety. I feel a little like. Sure, I still been, do. Yeah, I I get a little manic a little bit. Like I start cleaning shit. And, but anyway, I like to. I mean, I like to have three or four cups on an empty stomach first thing in the morning. I found some wild energy drink shit. I should send you a picture of it. It's like 300 milligrams of caffeine per can. Mm-hmm. And like I drink it in the morning before I work out and I'm fucking ready. Like everybody <laughs> in this house needs to know how ready I am about life. Uh, this, what is this you drinking? What you- it's called Celsius, right? Because my brother-in-law works for a um, liquor. Celsius. Yeah, he works for a liquor and drink 
distribution company. Mm-hmm. Oh, he um, he's like your Budweiser guy. Right at your bar, you have your guy who sells mm-hmm. you all your Budweiser and shit mm-hmm. like that. It's, it's not Budweiser. It's some it's some other alcohol distribution company. But they also do energy drinks and soft drinks and sparkling right. waters and shit. So he brings home like flats of this stuff called Celsius mm-hmm. that has like taurine and caffeine and vitamins in it and shit. But it's really good. I like it. I like like it, you know. But uh, huh. yeah, I drink those. Like if I go for a run, I drink it before I run. I don't know why this is in the podcast. I'm like, yo, uh, Celsius hit me up. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm just, I, I, send I'm just me a curious. Flat, some cash. Right. You know? Yeah. I'll well, send no, you a I'm, picture of it later. I'm but. curious because I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming that there's probably zero calories on this. If the way there, talking there's about, 15 yeah. calories in it. Okay. That's fine. That's like I, I'm a lot. I'll, I'll burn yeah. that. Exactly. I'll burn that in the first quarter mile. If, You'll burn that waking up and stretching. Yeah, I'll burn like, that waking <laughs> up and stretching, exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think about that stuff. I used to take grana root, mm-hmm. which is stuff that they usually put in some of those. They put them in some of the, the um, uh, energy drinks. I know some like Red Bull and shit like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I used to take, and it was important that you didn't just get the regular stuff. You had to get the extract because that had the exact amount. And so I remember taking them behind the bar. And it wasn't like it got you super buzzed, but like mm-hmm. there was a level of alertness. But then again, when one wasn't enough, I had no problem taking two. Right. But you know, but then it was right. like, and I remember, I think I took three one night and it was like, I started to feel that kind of like jitteriness and that right. like, like somebody like call an ambulance. <laughs> yeah. But you know, then you just have a shot of Jägermeister and Melly, you know, a level oh, yeah. out, right? Yeah, you just turn to switch the dimmer halfway down, dude. Yeah, I hear you. But see, I do this with coffee now too, though. Mm-hmm. Like I do. I absolutely do. I'll take one and then I'm like, I'll drink like, do you know what I'm saying? Like I'll drink half the cup and be feeling it pretty hard. And like mm-hmm. I will drink, I'll be like, fuck it. And I'll drink the rest of it and take it way over where it needs to be. You know, like yeah. absolutely that. Dude, I do that with like Diet Cokes, anything. It's that alcoholic is still in my brain making me, not making me, but like I do shit because of my brain. You know, I had this thought the other day about my brain and my behaviors and like these separate parts of my personality and everything. And I realized that like, I am, this is going to be so fucking stupid, but I realized like I am my brain. Like, it's not about the physical aspect and the arms and legs and eyes and nose and mouth and everything. Like, I'm like, literally, my everything I am is my brain. You know what I'm saying? And like, everything else is meant to just keep the brain moving and functioning. Mm-hmm. It was a really weird thought. And maybe I was taking some psychedelics, who knows? But I was just like, I am my brain, dude. Like, so at this point, like with its faults, you know, and the parts I can help and the parts I can't help. Because at the, at the end of the day, dude, it's all about attitude, right? Like it's all about our attitude and shit and the way we perceive things. And and we're in charge of ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I'm in charge of me and you're in charge of you. Like, like, and I always thought it was a cop out when they were like, Oh, well, no one can make you mad. Only you can make you mad. But there's a truth. There's a seed of truth to that. There's an absolute seed of truth. Like the way I react to you is all, it's all dependent on me. Like it's the way you wake up. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's all like, see now I'm doing the weird, psychedelic thing but it's all serenity prayer shit you know yeah but you're accepting the things you cannot change and you know what i mean which is okay let me center myself you know how you're in a meeting and they do the serenity prayer yes you ever have the one person who who chimes in and says the little extra things in it well they'll say god grant me the serenity to accept the things i cannot change and someone behind me will be like you the courage to change the things i can me 
You know, have you ever heard someone do no, that? No, I haven't. Okay. Know the difference, which is what I guess I'm trying to get down to is like I'm, my weird roundabout way of trying to grab onto it, which is the reason why I do things, I'm compelled to do things is because my brain, my brain is set up that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't, I can't help it. It's just me. It's who I am. Now, yeah. my choice is like, how do I react to that? How do I deal with that? How do I cope with that? You know, I guess, and that it's just, it's just that thing where I'm like only in charge of me. There are well, certain things where it goes out like mental illness. Of course, you need some outside, um, intervention like you need help Mm -hmm. with certain types of mental illnesses i really honestly believe addiction is a type of mental illness but if we can we we can manage that and learn how to manage our own emotions like you know we'd be killing it you and i i think so what i'm hearing in the way that i'm going really weird i just i dug a hole i'm sorry no 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 no. that's okay well you you talk about i am my brain um but then you say i have the choice to react to the way my brain is wired and so yes, in a way, that, yeah, that I, uh, that I, the way that I see it is, is my mm-hmm. consciousness. Right. Right. So if my brain is just the part of the machine, the I that goes, I am going to react to the thought because right. I did not have mm-hmm. the thought. My brain had the thought. Yeah. My brain is wired in a way that makes me think I want more than a normal person. I, my brain, right. You no, know, exactly. I think about it with food, right? Mm-hmm. So food yes, yes. it's like, mm-hmm. it's fucks me up and I, I know. don't know how to, and I, I need to, I need to either figure out a way that I, my consciousness can better interpret and make better decisions around the way that my brain thinks my brain right. is like, let's go get a bag of those fucking salted roasted cashews. And we'll just mm-hmm. go sit in the parking fucking lot and we'll eat the whole thing. I know. Right. You know, or, you know, I was in, you know, and I have to do this every time I go to like, and not, I don't do it very often, but the last time I was at Safeway and I'm like, halo top, halo top, halo top, halo top, mm-hmm. ice cream, ice cream. And I'm like, let me just go take a look and see it. And, and then I'll say this, I'll say, I'll say, if it's on sale, I'll get some. Right. And then I go, no, it's not on sale. And I'm like, thank God, because I would have bought some and I don't Whoa. really want some. <laughs> and then there's this other one that says like, it has some little number on it. And I'm like, is that 40 calories? A quarter? Well, how much is that? And I look at it and I'm like, mm-hmm. no, it's like 40 grams of carbs or some bullshit. And they, they're always trying to like scam you into thinking that it's right. a calorie. And I'm like, and you, it's unmanageable then. That's the thing though, because you can look at it and go, okay, I got issues with the way I eat but can I manage it? And so mm-hmm. what you're telling me is you're like, I have problems with moderation. Yes. Right? My brain is having not only problems with moderation with drinking and drugs, but yes. also the way I eat, which is yes. a bitch. Cause you got to eat, right? Like yes. you can't not eat. And, right. and then on top of that, like your behaviors around it become unhealthy because you're trying to like bargain with yourself constantly, instead of being like, Hey, I need to eat to survive. And also because I enjoy it to an extent, but the way your brain is working is like, not only do we enjoy it, we want it all fucking right now and maybe some extra, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's a that's a trip, right? So but I, you already know, you know the pattern. You've seen the pattern because mm-hmm. you've done it with fucking, with Tito's. With Tito's. So it's and, like and there's fucking beer. the thought yeah. in my brain and then there's mm-hmm. the consciousness that's right. up here somewhere that's sort of like when you talk about I, I have a choice to react right. to how my brain has this thought. Yes, so that's exactly. how I separate the two. But then I always, I even have these, I have weird, it's, and it's always about ice cream, you know, like that's just it is. Whatever, ice cream man. and cashews, man. It's, it's, <laughs> I can only laugh because it seems so, so innocuous to you me, can... but to you, it's like, this is just a serious shit, right? So 
Kind of. But at the I same mean, point, you can't be really too frustrated with yourself because it's not like you get mad at yourself every day for being an alcoholic. It's not like you wake no. up and you're like, fuck you for being an alcoholic, you know? No. So you can't really be like, fuck you for loving ice cream too much, you know, or fuck you for having an unhealthy relationship with food, you know, well, like, because you are your brain, your brain can't help it. Yeah. It's just the way the meat in your head happened mm-hmm. to have those set of hormones or chemicals or whatever it is, you know, that gives us a consciousness. Like you I'm get, not, yeah. I used to get really mad at myself for being an alcoholic and I still do sometimes I do because I'm like, and I think I said it last podcast, I like squandered a lot of opportunity in my life and I feel really bad about it, you know, Mm -hmm. but I also have to like forgive myself for it, which is what I said last time too, because I'm like, Hey man, I am what I am. fucking Popeye over here. Which always yeah. makes me laugh. It just always reminds me of a drunk person pissing in the, like Coda, pissing in the backyard. And you're like, Coda, why are you pissing in the backyard? And he's like, I am what I, I am. I am what I am. I swear to God, he's done that. But I am what I am and you are what you are. And so yeah, you you know it, you know the answer to it. You know that, but with food, it's a bitch because you're gonna have to practice moderation. You know yeah, what I and mean? It's, and that's a motherfucker. And I'll just have to figure that out. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's little things. And I, I always right. am, I am constantly looking for excuses and I'll right. give you an example as my little. Okay. Well, I was going to say, I, I you also may have to, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I just got to get this out while it occurs mm-hmm. to me. You may have to sit down and redefine what is appropriate to you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or what is manageable to you? Because with alcoholism, our unmanageability not only affects us, but it affects our outer circle and the people who love us and care about us. Now your relationship sugar. with food and yeah. sugar affects how it's manageable to you and what's appropriate to you. Do you know what right. I mean? It's not like right. your actions around sugar are affecting your relationships with the people around you, you know? So not, it's also what is manageable and appropriate to you. you know? Right. Right. Not at this level. I mean, I think if I were to say I was eating too much sugar and I had too much weight, it might, you know, being overweight for me could, it. there were moments where it affected my sex life. Oh, yeah. So, true, I mean, there, there, there are certain levels. And so I feel like sugar is a hell of a drug. Um, it is. Yeah. I feel like, uh, I'll get, so I wanted to give you this example about- Okay, how please. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. No, no, just... I'm glad that you said it. And please, it's not a problem. Um, so there was this, um, so I'm always interested in like alternative meat and alternative dairy, you know, right. as, as a, I'm predominantly vegetarian, like I'm not, you know, I'm not here to promote any, any of that lifestyle, like mm-hmm. whatever- it just works the best for me and it's how I feel the best, right? That's what I've learned. So I don't, I don't usually fuck with much meat and I don't fuck with much dairy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that being said, you know, ice cream is loaded with, with dairy and with sugar and all that yeah. shit. So mm-hmm. that's what makes it so fucking good. Right. So I found this, this company and they're called Brave Robot as the name of the ice cream. And they, they use, they basically take, um, it's milk without the cow. So it's technically milk, but it's not made with a cow. It's like made in a lab. And I was like, like, synthesize it. Like they they... synthesize it, but it's, it's genetically identical. Mm -hmm. And so it's a little bit lower in calorie. I think it's like 600 a pint instead of the 11, 12 and 13 hundred a pint that you get mm. from a Ben and Jerry's, which right. that was one of the mm-hmm. things that blew my fucking mind. The fact you're eating a pint is wild. Cause they tell you to eat two thirds of a cup and it's like two servings per pint. Never occurred to me that I was not going to eat the whole fucking pint. walk on the wild side, my friend. So anyway, you're eating this, this, this fucking Westworld so, milk, no, but this is, so basically, yes, the Westworld milk yeah. in this ice cream. And so I get really excited. So I have to find out where it's at. And it's at this weird little corner store next to the subway that closed down. That's across the street from the high school because COVID shut everything down. The subway had mm-hmm. to shut down. It was yeah. in the fucking news. And so I'm like, I go in here and I'm like, and again, 
I'm like, I'm just going to go to this pint of ice cream at this corner store where nobody's going to know me and I can kind of just cruise in. Dude. <laughs> out. And, and so who's behind the counter? This dude I used to work with named Casa. And we used uh-huh. to, and we used to joke and it was from some rap song. And so, and he's, he's a Sherpa. And so there's a large Sherpa community in Sonoma. Mm-hmm. And so every time I'd see him, because he started repeating this around the restaurant, he's like, I'm going to, all the way to Texas, gonna drive my Lexus. And I'd be like, mm-hmm. what's up, Casa? All the way to Texas, gonna drive my Lexus. And I was like, oh, uh-huh. dude, I was gonna buy some ice cream. Now what am I gonna do? And I'm like, John, you're an adult. It's okay. Yeah, it's not like Casa's gonna call your sponsor, dude. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then, so I'm like, ice cream. And I, I think I got like a bottle of sparkling water and I got a, bo- a bag of like smart food. And then the, this dude I used to work with at the same restaurant comes in behind me and I'm like, Dan, hey, what's up? I was like, well, you know, just a snack night or whatever, yeah. like, you know, mm-hmm. and nobody cares. No, nobody gives a shit at all. They're just no. like, oh, hey, I ran into John. But yeah. You have perceived feelings of guilt around it. Right. Because of your relationship with it. Right. Right. And now I'm right. even thinking like, oh, maybe I want to go there and get some and like, oh, wouldn't that be nice? And. It's just, dude, I don't know. I wish I could help you with this. I really do. As your friend, I'm going to listen to you. That's the way I'll help. And yeah. just point out these things that I see you doing because I, um, my relationship with food is not the same. So it's hard for me to relate, mm-hmm. but my relationship with alcohol is the same, Yeah. but within my relationship with alcohol, I was never ashamed of it in that way. I right. never hit it. Yeah. I was right. out loud. Like I'm a fucking degenerate drunk. Look at me. Yeah. I mean, do you know what I mean? I didn't care that part. I didn't care about is when everybody started calling me out on it, started getting embarrassed about it. But when nobody called me out about it, I wasn't going to two different liquor stores, three mm-hmm. different liquor stores. I'd go to the same store every day, same time, bottle of Williams, black label. Let's go. Jerry's going to fight with his wife tonight. Like that's, <laughs> I'd say that to the liquor store guy. Mm-hmm. I'll fight my wife tonight. Yeah. yeah. So but see, our, our behaviors around it are very different. But I think the, it's just a, the fire is the same. The fire, yes. Yeah, it's just, just different sugar, fireplaces. Man. Like it just sugar. it's a place in my brain that nothing else will. And so right. I've done, you know, some stuff where I eat frozen grapes and that's cool. Like a fruit. Like, yeah. I make right. a little fruit, fruit, you know, fruit. But salad. don't hit the same. Don't hit the same. Not exactly. I can slice no. up some apples and some berries mm-hmm. and put a little shredded coconut. No sugar. It's not the same. <laughs> but uh, you know, so it's just it's always a thing. And so I'll go through phases and it'll be fine. And I'm wondering, do I need to just like cut it out of my diet entirely? Should I, I don't know, it's man. time for a fucking fast. It's, I, like I said, it is, it is up to you. What about Stevia? You don't fuck with Stevia? I do. Yeah, I do. I but fuck it, with Stevia on the reg. Mostly that's all I really fuck with is Stevia. And well, sometimes Splenda too, if I'm feeling a little toxic, mm-hmm. you know, but. Right. Yeah. But oh, I got it when we don't go to coffee shops anymore, but um. Yeah. So, I mean, I've tried to make some other stuff with like coconut milk or almond milk and like blend up, you throw an avocado in there and mm-hmm. you throw a banana in there. And so, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a constant struggle. So when I think about alcohol, when I think about drugs, when I think about how I behave around these things, that's the perceived guilt of a pint of ice cream is just too much. And I mean, this is not, I know this is a, this was supposed to be a show about drugs and maybe, I mean, sugar, but sugar's a drug. And also sure. like anything can really be a drug. If you have a perceived perception about it and an attitude. Yeah. It's just like my dad was saying in the car, he was like, dude, I know so many people who traded the bottle for the Bible and they just, they couldn't maintain the recovery. You know, he said, what did he say? He said, he said, I always tell my sponsees, you got to take care of these you got to take care of three things and you got to do them in the right order. He says, you take care of the physical, 
aspect of alcoholism, then the mental aspect of alcoholism, and then you do the spiritual aspect. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you do that shit out of order, it's not going to work. Hmm. You know, So you physically withdraw, you deal with like your mental, like your step four, dealing with like your mental aspect. It's all fucking 12 step shit. And then you deal with the spiritual aspect of the thing. But I guess what I'm saying is like, you are managing the physical and mental aspect of like your sugar, your issues with food right now. Right. You've already done that with alcohol. Mm. You've already reconciled mm. for the most part, you've reconciled with it, but the behaviors are now arriving with a new, a, a new vengeance. And it probably is around sugar because it hits that reward fucking system in your brain. Sure. Just and- like I fuck with stevia because I'm still rewarding myself with something sweet. The only thing is I'm not dealing with like the, stress on my system from sugar i'm dealing with the stress of my system from whatever the fake chemicals are and the sweeteners are for my kidneys or whatever you know well and there's just these huge long swaths of time and days Mm -hmm. where i'm not doing much and so i'm not accountable to anybody and so it seems Mm -hmm. and again i'm i really am working on not being too hard on myself because i'm still going out there we're in a quarantine dude we're in a quarantine (laughs) we're fucking locked down right like i don't have a job um, I still go out and go running, you know, I did four miles today and it felt pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I was noticing too, there's, I really love running on the highway and I know that sounds insane, but, right. um, there's plenty of, there's plenty of, uh, what do you call it? Shoulder. Yeah. And, but it's mm-hmm. super flat, smooth. And this is why I think Arizona would be amazing, amazing because it's so flat, you know, um, Dude, but, yeah. mm-hmm. but, uh, <laughs> Hey, Coco. Um, but I, so I was just you like, that was out. really, there's just this stretch of road where I can literally, I don't have to think about anything but the body mechanics and I can just let myself go. And yes. Really good because of how smooth it is. You're going to love it. When you come visit me, you're going to love running here. Hold on. Give me one second. Yeah. We'll yeah. Let that thing. little bugger out. <clears throat> Gotta go. Go, go. Oh, <laughs> He starts like crying, dude, yeah, banging on the door. Yeah. There's a grate in the door here. Nobody can see it. If you're watching yeah. this on YouTube, it's hilarious. There's a grate in the door <laughs> to let airflow in so the house can circulate air. And it's he like sticks his little face against the grate and like bangs on it. He thinks he wants in, but he doesn't really want well, it. Well, he comes in and then he hears my wife or something. It's like, fuck, the party's out there. And so right, he wants to go exactly. let out. But anyway, yeah, there is something great. Dude, I don't like running uphill. I was fucking with that treadmill the other day. I still haven't done a mile on it yet, but I do my circuits of lifting weights. And then I run, I go five miles an hour for three minutes to get my heart rate up. And then I go back Mm -hmm. to lifting weights and then in the break, Mm because I'll repeat the same circuit, you know, three times. That's why I post that on Instagram of me running on a treadmill. Cause I was like, this shit looks funny. I got to record this. I must look (laughs) dumb as shit. And I did. I was like, I look weird. My running stance is weird, but here it's great. If you come visit me, you'll love it. Cause it's real flat. All the hills are super gradual and like they're just straight tracks here. That's just a straight track. You just run. You don't think you find your rhythm and you keep that rhythm and you just keep running until you get tired and then you walk and then you go back in your rhythm again. You know, that's how I do it. So, so, I mean, I want to, cause I, I deal with a lot of Hills and I don't mind them Mm -hmm. so much like, but it also doesn't get to that moment. There's that center. Cause again, I'm a very emotional person. So like when I run, I'm looking to like release some of that emotion or when I'm feeling emotional, I need to eat my emotions <laughs> you no, know i hear you no it, it makes sense sugar. yeah and not and you're and i don't need to beat myself up about it because it doesn't help me get any further down the road in no. the goals that i'm trying to address the problem if it's a problem yeah. to you it's unmanageable then figure out your way to address it and deal with it that's all I, you really can do, i have to know? deal with my the, the spirituality of of my ice cream addiction your halo top and now you're making you're like making like uh deals and being like maybe i could try this 
just fucking Westwood. <laughs> Westworld milk with like Westworld sugar and shit. There was no there was text no me the name of that shit though. I'm super curious. I wonder I will. if I can find it down here. It's good. It's good. It's just yeah. different. And like, so my whole thing is like, again, this is not the place for this podcast or for this, but you know, the idea of meat and getting people off of meat and dairy is mm-hmm. going to be virtually impossible. Like people are people are just not interested in it. Unless no, I love meat. I don't like dairy though. It gives me the farts, but I love meat. Right. Yeah. But you know, people and people in America love their burgers. And so just had one today point, for lunch. Right. Exactly. Uh, at some point, all these cows are going to be unsustainable. They already are. Right. I'll but eat the it, fake meat though. If it's, well, if it's comparable, well, I'll, I'll fuck with it. So most of meat it's identical. And so they make this ground beef in a lab and let's do it. it. See, you so heard us. You heard it here first <laughs> recovery, a recovery um, community of wherever. I don't know where you people come from, but yeah. Well, I just, I just know that for me, like I keep my eye on that stuff because if they have an IPO, I want to invest in that kind of shit. Cause I really feel like that's going to be the future is going to be meat in a lab. And I know that's well, me gross, up. but HMU dude, let me know. Cause I'll throw in some money too. And um, so we'll be living out in the Mojave desert, some fucking right? storage containers, houses. Yeah. Start, start making turquoise jewelry and you know, boom, dude, I'd love it. Being out in the sun. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, drugs, drugs are bad. Okay. Okay. Don't do um, drugs, okay? Okay. Um, I haven't watched South Park in a while. I don't know if I'm missing anything, but um, that was a quote from the South Park guide. Oh, Council. we know. Okay, all right. We all know. We all know. Yeah, it's that's still in the <laughs> whatever. So I, sorry, I must be thinking about ice cream. But um, oh, it's fucking you up. <laughs> yep. Well, I will. Um, we'll talk again soon. I'm gonna hit you all up right, with man. that information. And um, again, I think I think what we've what we've surmised in the last hour plus is, you know, your definition of sobriety is your definition and whatever, you know, you require or want or desire, right? Like it's right. What do you desire? Is it just to quit drinking and smoke a little weed before bed? Then fucking a, then you have succeeded. Who cares? Yeah. Just don't drink. Yeah. Just don't drink, you know? So I think that's it. I think it's just simply the the definition of success. And I know it sounds kind of corny, but that's it that's it thanks again for listening our music as always is by neglect you can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com and you can find us on all social media platforms that matter instagram facebook and twitter and you can reach us at a is for alcoholic at gmail.com talk to you later yeah <laughs>